Hello, hello, hello. Hola. Como estas? Welcome to another episode of the Academy Arguments. I am Andrew Nuno. And I'm Brittany McHugh. And we are joined for this episode by our dear friend, Emma. Emma, thanks for coming on and welcome to the show. Hi, Emma. Hi, thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you. So before we dive in, uh, can you just, you know, uh, give our our listeners just kind of like a quick, short little bio about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So... My name is Emma France. Uh, I'm a recent graduate, so I'm, you know, getting started in the workforce pretty early in this uh, nice economy, right? Perfect time to get in. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I'm a producer in Michigan. So so uh, I, uh, I met Andrew when I went to Santa Barbara for the International Film Festival. So been a couple years, but I uh, hope the SBIFF <laughs> peeps are uh, rocking and doing well. So, yeah. Yeah, no, awesome. We're so happy to have you on the show, and especially for, for this film, because for this episode, we will be diving into the 2010 film The Social Network, directed by David Fincher, starring um, Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, a whole slew of folks, um, and written by Aaron Sorkin. There is going to be quite a bit to dive into with this one, um, and I'm so, so excited to, to dive into it. But first things first, before we dive into the film itself, let's all go around and just talk about kind of what were the impressions that we had before either, you know, seeing this film for the first time, or in some cases, or maybe just in my case, uh, re-watching it for, for, this, uh, for this episode. And we will start off with our guest of honor, Emma. You have the floor. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I honestly can't remember when I first watched this movie. I know it wasn't right when it came out, but I think I'd watched it. I'd gone in like with a pretty empty mind. Like I'd seen a couple trailers, but I was like, for the most part, I was kind of not super excited about it. You know, like a movie about like Mark Zuckerberg shouldn't be as fascinating as it actually is, but it yeah. is and it's, it's great. <laughs> but um, I was very, very surprised at, at what I watched. Like I, I, I'm just going to start by saying that I'm a huge fan of this movie. I'm a huge David Fincher fan. This was actually like kind of my first taste with David Fincher too. Like I didn't really realize Ooh, it, but this was the okay. film that like, I was like, holy shit, like that's an excellent story. <laughs> like, you know, and, <laughs> and I just, I was like, I, I have to read more about it. And then yeah, that's when yeah. I really got into David Fincher. So yeah. Awesome. All right, Brittany, how about you? Uh, I've never seen this movie before. I had zero interest in ever watching it. Like, <laughs> But yeah, this was my first time watching it. I did write down what I knew about the movie, though. So I have Mm -hmm. two bullet points. (laughs) I've got, it's a movie about Facebook that came out only a few years after Facebook got popular, which is baffling to me. Because you don't make biography movies about people who are still alive. You at least wait until they grow old. It was like, a very quick turnaround. It was it was like <laughs> yeah, five years yeah. after it got point. big. Like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? I I can't. I still can't wrap my head around that. And uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Justin Timberlake are in this. That's what I knew about this movie. No love to Andrew Garfield. None. I didn't None know at he all? was in it. He said Wardo Severin. <laughs> well, I didn't know that, Andrew. As I said, zero interest in this movie. <laughs> F- fair enough. Fair enough, Brittany. I'll be sure to adequately argue with you later in this episode. So, no. Looking no forward to it. What have I said so far? I've said nothing controversial so far. 
You didn't know that Andrew Garfield was in this movie. No. I don't know most people in the movie. Many times when I was watching this movie, I wrote down, oh, they're in this? Yeah. I, I like it, it really wasn't until I, I um, uh, was rewatching it a few times after seeing it for the first time that I recognized, oh, shit, that's Rooney Mara in the opening scene. So That opening so, scene yeah. took, I was reading, it took 99 takes to nail that. Like, Holy that is David fuck. Fincher. That is David Fincher, though. That's annoying. Oh, his actors have said that. <laughs> 99 takes. They got that right multiple times. First six-minute scene, too. Yeah, that's David Fincher being David Fincher. He is, uh... But damn if it doesn't work. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, that opening no, scene you is know, phenomenal. You know, it probably was, like, take three. So it it does like what are you talking about? It doesn't work. You don't need ninety nine <laughs> takes for any scene unless you have to shoot it at ninety nine different angles. You weren't on that set, Brittany. You don't know. I know. Maybe you don't. The other ninety eight times, someone kept coughing. You know, someone could have had <laughs> the snippies and for ninety eight takes, that person would have been fired before you got to fifty. That is also true. Well, I, I guess at this point now we can uh, uh, dive in. Oh, wait. Have I talked about what my impressions were? No, you haven't. I was just about to ask. Oh, my gosh. And then it okay. kind of fizzled yes. off. All right. Here we go. Here we go. So I did not see this film when it came out right away. Honestly, I didn't even really take an interest in this film until the awards buzz happened. Um, and all I really knew going into it is, you know, it was Aaron Sorkin, guy who did The West Wing, David Fincher, who did like seven um and and all these other films have been getting a lot of buzz and then jesse eisenberg he i i I had just seen him in zombie land so (laughs) i was just like huh this is quite a different turn for him you know to go from like really satirical zombie film to straightforward drama with aaron sorkin so i was I, i was curious if anything curious more than anything else because it was just a lot of different ingredients i mean right down to justin timberlake being thrown into the film and i was just like okay well was yeah way too old to be playing that role yeah yeah, yeah. i actually think like acting wise he did pretty good i i will say justin timberlake did a, did a great job of playing a jackass yeah I, I will for say sure like just, just like really embodying really embodying the douchebag like that opening the his first like or the scene where he had woken up uh, after that one night stand with the girl from Stanford. Whoa, whoa, wait, guys! Before we get into this, oh. I gotta read off our award. <laughs> we got People a lot to talk about. Animal. No, we'll it's okay. It we all. we like this enthusiasm. It's all good. Gotcha. All right good. on. No, all good. Hey, I get it. Right on. <laughs> all right. So this was the eighty third Academy Awards. It had eight nominations. Ended up winning three of them, and the winners were. Best Adapted Screenplay for Aaron Sorkin based on the 2009 book The Accidental Billionaires by Ben Mesrich. Uh, Best Original Score, that was Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And Best Film Editing, that was Angus Wall and Kirk Baxter. It was nominated for Best Picture, Lost to the King's Speech. Uh, David Fincher was nominated for Best Director, Lost to Tom Hooper for The King's Speech. Jesse Eisenberg was nominated for Best Actor, Lost to Colin Firth for The King's Speech. Uh, Ren Kleiss, David Parker, Michael Samanick, and Mark Weingarten were nominated for Best Sound Mixing, Lost to Inception. And Jeff Crowenweth was nominated for Best Cinematography, Lost to Inception. Andrew, I'm really looking forward to hearing your defense for Best Sound Mixing and Best Cinematography because I will immediately point out and say this. Oh, so you think it's better than Inception then? That will 
always be my Uh comeback. A film doesn't have to be better than Inception to be good. It got nominated out of thousands of right. films so you, that so were contention. So obviously what Andrew is saying is that he thinks this movie should have won over Inception, is what Andrew is saying. Okay, but but to be <laughs> fair, Christopher Nolan's sound mixing isn't always the best. In Inception, it was, but right, like... But we're but we're talking about Inception. So he thinks it's better than Inception. Inception is no longer his favorite movie. He has besmirched the name of Christopher Nolan, as he did in our Inception episode, where he yeah, just which like shit you made all over me, that movie. You, you like, made me no shit talk my favorite film whatsoever, for an hour. <laughs> that was so sneaky. I, sneaky. I did give you, like, you do have permission to do that to me for one of our episodes in the next coming year. Oh, I'm saving it. I'm saving it. Oh. I'm saving it. I feel like he's going to think it's something that I'll hate and I'll actually turn out that I'll love it. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, oh, but yeah. So here's my quarrel with best original score. Um, mm. I don't mind that it got nominated, but it won over How to Train Your Dragon, which was nothing short of robbery. Like the score in that movie is phenomenal. Like that I don't, I don't take. This this soundtrack is fine, but it's forgettable. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon is not. I I could see why you would like w- would say that like um, the soundtrack for How to Train Your Dragon should have won. I can totally see that, and I I feel like even even when the when Trent Reznor and Ross pulled off the win, I was even shocked a little bit at first. I was like, okay, this is not the the, the, the choice that I I thought. Um, but I feel like as, as time went on, I, I really came to appreciate like why they made that choice. Cause the soundtrack, I mean, even in like, well, here's the listening thing. to it's the soundtrack, not even like the soundtrack, it's the score, you know, the instrumental music you play in the background. Yeah. It's just, I don't think, I don't think it was bad. I just don't think it like added anything special, which while with how to train your dragon, it's the exact opposite. I think it completely elevated so many of these beautiful sequences it had in the movie right Mm. i definitely feel like it to me the soundtrack or the score i'm sorry is nothing (laughs) but eerie like you know because the whole movie i mean and especially considering the time that it was released it -hmm. just like watching it now looks like it was you know somebody still wrote it like two years ago after everything Mm -hmm. that's happened since then so i think it's, it's supposed to be eerie and i think it's supposed to be fine you know like i think it's supposed to be kind of eerie and i think that's why it works so well is because it blends in so well with the scenes and in the dialogue and i think it just fits and flows so well into the film i just yeah think like if like, you're gonna win it has to do more mm-hmm. than just blend in it has to stand out i feel I, yeah. and but i hear that i think i think it does stand out because I like i disagree it, with you well that's the why we have this podcast girl like right. it's the whole Brittany fucking reason we made this thing like the podcast <laughs> i got some questions for you about Ar- arnie hammer as well this is my question for you did you buy him as two different people because i thought he was playing the exact same person for both of them just with different objectives that's David Fincher there for you. That man is very technical. And I'm asking you, Andrew, our resident mm-hmm. twin expert, whether or not you thought Army Hammer was too, playing two completely different people. I I do. I do believe that. You, you know, are a fucking liar, sir. What do you mean? No, no, because here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He was playing like, the same person, just with two different objectives. 
Do you understand how many times, how many times I've gotten the comment that Adrian and I basically act the same? We just have like different angles. Like, yes, we do. Like people. Okay. Obviously, you you have have known me who has known me for years. Obviously, know the knows the difference between the two of us. But people who meet us, like who have just met us, who like haven't even known us for like six months, they swear that Adrian and I are like the same person. Like they right, think that our mannerisms and everything. Twins. Well, yeah, but like, but like, but it's different when we're in a movie and we're sitting with these people for a while. You should be able to sting- distinguish between one or the other. And I'm like, no, they're the exact same person. Army Hammer was playing the exact same person. Just this one, he was playing. I want to kill Mark Zuckerberg, and this one, I want to kill Mark Zuckerberg, but I want to do it the Harvard way, which is a <laughs> dumb statement. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that motivation was kind of stupid, but it's very Ivy League person. Oh, it's so Ivy League person. Very. None of us went to an Ivy League. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene with the Winklevoss um, twins was when they were with the university president. <laughs> and the right. university president cuts them off and then he tells the secretary, like, Marlene, punch me in the face. And it was just like, that was beautifully done. In a movie riddled with inaccuracies, that is the one, that's one scene where the former Harvard president straight up said, you know, I mean, I probably didn't say that, but that's probably how I acted. Because there's two reasons a guy in a suit comes to my office. They want a job interview or they want to be a prick. Yeah. Riddled with inaccuracies. I I, I feel like I need to point this out. (laughs) This movie is not a biography. But the problem is they still marketed it as a biography. But you can't yeah. all of a them movie. do. No, all of them say true. based on a true story. Like all of them do. But it's like that much of the story. <laughs> mhm. No, mm-hmm. but it, it's not as rare as you think. Like I understand taking dramatic liberties. Like of course mm-hmm. they're going to do that in any movie. And of course there're going to be inaccuracies for the sake of telling a coherent story, and I'm fine with that as long as the actual story gets across. This book and this movie is told from the point of view of people who were suing a company and they make it about said company but they don't have any input from anyone who was working at that company at the time. That is sloppy, sloppy, sloppy journalism. You can't tell a coherent story and only tell one side of the story without getting any input from the other side whatsoever. I mean, David Fincher straight up banned his actors from talking to their counterparts until filming was Mm -hmm. over, which is such a dumb move to do because you are playing that person. And Aaron Sorkin straight up admitted to, like straight up lying about some of this stuff because to him he wants he cares more about storytelling as opposed to accuracy Mm -hmm. which i respect but then just tell a story about a bunch of people making a startup just make one up don't tell it about facebook and mark zuckerberg and these real people who now have to live with the fact that this movie is out and may not like how they see themselves and i'm not defending mark zuckerberg because i think he's I don't, I don't, I'm just not. But, like, still, like, uh... but still, everyone does <laughs> I was like, huh? I want to hear this. <laughs> but still, I mean, like, they, did, they made this movie without his permission. You, you can't, that's so, so awful. That would be like anyone here having a movie made about us without getting any of our input, and instead they asked our enemies 
if they, they could write a movie about us and got their input. That is exactly Brittany, what happened here. That's Brittany, terrible. That's a terrible thing to do. Brittany, what are you saying? Projects do that all I know, the and that's not okay. Time. And that's not okay. That's not okay. Do you we think Sarah Palin? That. Sarah Palin was consulted for the film Game Change. Dude, I don't know what that no. film is. <laughs> also, it's like it's Mark Zuckerberg, though. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, so does all does all of our sympathy just go out the window because it's Mark Zuckerberg? Don't get me wrong, I don't like Mark Zuckerberg. Forget He's human emotion. Shit. But this movie is doing the exact same shady shit he does with all the fake news outlets and stuff because they're not telling a complete and accurate story and they're presenting it as fact by marketing it as a biography. Welcome to the problem with biographical films. You can't just say that and be like, yep, that's just a problem. Yeah, you just got to deal with that, Brittany. Not going to defend that at all. Although, to be fair, yeah. though, for any historical event ever, I don't think I'm going to turn to a movie for the le- for the lesson. You shouldn't. Mm-hmm. No one ever should, listeners. You shouldn't. But, and here's the thing. Like, there is some merit to telling biographical films with um, a little more drama- dramatization to them. Because, mm-hmm. like, you do get to learn about some, um, like, I'm thinking of Selma. Like, yes, not all that stuff that happened in that movie is accurate, but you mm-hmm. do learn a lot about what was going on back then, and that maybe encourages you to learn more. This movie, mm-hmm. however, I don't think it does that. I think it says, I wanted to tell this story my way exactly how i want to tell it i'm not going to consult the person i am using to tell this story and Mm -hmm. it people are just gonna think what they like that's irresponsible that's just Mm -hmm. spreading misinformation and yes you can say you can straight up admit yeah i lied but people Mm -hmm. aren't gonna dig as deep as i did which wasn't that deep but still Think what you like about this movie. I'm sure that Mm -hmm. if we heard Mark Zuckerberg's side of the story, that would also probably have a lot of misinformation of it because they're two different extremes coming at it. The truth probably lies in some weird middle gray area that we may never get to know. But Mm -hmm. I just wonder why they had to make it Facebook and why not just tell, why not just make it like a Silicon Valley movie and just tell us. A made-up story. Or hell, hell, make a freaking parody of Facebook and just name the characters something different and name the platform something other than Facebook. And you could tell the exact same fucking story without all this really weird... And I think with mm-hmm. with this movie in particular and just, like, the subject, you know, if David Fincher were to just make it about some random Silicon Valley, you know, business then Mm -hmm. people would have spent the entire movie being like, oh my god, this is totally Facebook. This is totally supposed to be Mark Zuckerberg. And that would have been, Mm -hmm. that would have been the focus of the movie. Whereas like this, it's like, hey, you know, this isn't all right, but here's a pretty good fucking story I'll I'll throw your way. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll take it. I disagree with that statement. Like, I totally agree that people would have done like, oh, yes, Mm -hmm. this is Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, this Mm -hmm. is Facebook. But I think if we're going to watch a movie about Facebook to begin with and we're not super swayed by like, oh, my God, it's about Facebook and we're more swayed by the story, which honestly, as a work of fiction, I don't think the story is that bad. I Mm -hmm. kind of like Aaron Sorkin's writing. It's kind of the same. I like really fast writing. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin mm-hmm. rocks. Um, I love the way he writes dialogue. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. so... Oh, my God. Yeah, I like fast writing. When it goes, that's when I'm keyed in. I don't yeah. like movies that just linger on shots for too long. I'm just like, we get the point. You mean just 2001? Keep... <laughs> don't 
Don't you dare bring that up right now, Andrew. I'm gonna lose my mind. (laughs) But yeah, okay. Should we discuss the whitewashing? Because I feel like we do need to bring this up. Like, they they cast a white guy to play an Indian man. Apparently, Mm -hmm. this is something that I saw in the, like, IMDb trivia. Apparently, Aziz Ansari auditioned for that role. Um, Didn't get cast, but he said that he had a horrible audition. So he credits that for one of the reasons why he didn't get cast. But Mm -hmm. also, like, if you were auditioning Indian actors to begin with... Why didn't you go with... What the fuck? Yeah, that that was probably studio interference. Yeah, well, which is sad. I feel know like what it was. It sucks. Nine times out of ten, it's studio interference. Like they're not gonna throw throw an actor into the mix who has a chance to hurt a, a, a film's profitability. But like, the, that's what so was was so confusing about me because at the time there were like several Indian because this was 2010. There are several mm-hmm. Indian act, actors who are like. It had already been proved that Indian actors, which really shouldn't have had to been proved, but was proved anyway, mm-hmm. that Indian actors are very good actors. It's just a, it, mm-hmm. your skin color really has nothing to do with the way you with the way you and, are an actor. Um, and I'll I'll tell you what, like if this film were redone today, there is no way in hell they would have gotten away with no. casting a white person. It, oh, fuck really. no. I, it like, baffles no me that they got away with it in 2010. No. Like I saw nothing going around online when this movie came out about the whitewashing. How did that slip by everyone? Facebook yeah. was a thing. A good publicist. <laughs> like, yeah. That's how it slipped by. From the perspective of the company, they were good. From our perspective, they were bad. I don't know, man. Like, that that's... It was bad. That's bad. Oh, my God. Brenda Song was in this. Yeah, yeah, that was a pleasure. Very, so, like, yeah, London, very. London Tipton, what are yep. you doing here? Yep, you I know? swear I went from watching like The Sweet Life with Zach and Cody, and then like a couple years later, I was like, holy shit, Brenda Song? Brenda Song's giving a blowjob to a guy in a bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, London Tipton. <laughs> was like, and then she's setting okay. his bedspread on fire. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Can we talk about uh, Rooney Mara's character? Because this confused me the most out of all the, like, inaccuracies. This character, she's not a real person. Nope. Yeah. Eric Albright was created for the film. But Mm -hmm. the way the film is shaped, it's almost like he made all of Facebook to get closer to her. Mm -hmm. Which is bizarre. Well, because the whole reason Facebook was started originally was to, you know, it was a rating site for women at, on Harvard's campus. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, that's a whole other problem. But I think that's oh, exactly yeah. what speaks to it. I mean, that's why the six-minute opening sequence of the movie, this opening scene of the movie, is him arguing and breaking up with his girlfriend is to show absolutely how shitty this guy is and mm-hmm. how he takes that anger from that breakup and doesn't, you know, process it like he should. And funnels it into fucking around and making a website and then being like, oh, wait, like this could actually take off. And then so it kind of stems off. But I think throughout the rest of the movie, like I'd have to disagree with that. I don't think he like is like dead set on, on you know, terrorizing yeah, but- her for the rest of the movie. But like, I, it's I definitely so too, starting But then point. there was that scene at the end where he friends yeah, her say. and he just keeps refreshing and refreshing and refreshing the page. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because yeah. like, that led me to believe... Was this, especially after we have that middle scene at the diner where he's trying to talk to her, right after getting a mm-hmm. blowjob by another girl. Yeah. Which, ugh, 
God. Um, <laughs> that that kind of made it full circle to me where I was yeah. like, was this, is that what you're trying to say? That this was all a, a surrounding her about being better than her? About, I, like, I, about what? Getting back at her for breaking up with you? I, I think that, that Mark Zuckerberg's action at the end is is a direct response to, um, oh, I was about to say Ann Perkins. <laughs> Uh, to to Rashida Jones saying you're not an asshole, Mark. You just try so hard to be. Like Which I disagree with. <laughs> I'm like I no, mean, no. I've seen no evidence to suggest that he's just trying to be an asshole. This dude is an asshole. No, no, I, Andrew. I, I Andrew. Andrew. With he that. started a dating site where you not a dating site, a site where you rank women. Because he was angry yeah. at his girlfriend for baking, breaking up with him. An asshole does that. Not someone trying to be an asshole. A straight up asshole. Mm-hmm. Not to mention like, all the blogs that what, he wrote. Not to mention all the blogs that he wrote. Not Posts to mention the fact he that he, like, through the whole movie, is kind of an asshole. Well, and I like, think I think that's why that end scene works so well with him sitting there and refreshing. Is to kind of, like, bring us back to where he is. You know, he's right where he started mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah, he's got this the whole company up now. But he's in the exact same position. He's still single, mm-hmm. you know, and he's still at a super low point in his life. And I think that is kind of like it's supposed to wrap it all together. That even after mm-hmm. this whole Facebook empire that he built, like that's what it's bringing it back to. That's how I mm-hmm. interpreted it. Yeah, but I don't know. that yeah. is definitely I mean, open to interpretation. Yeah, I mean, even though he's he's like you know arguably going to become the youngest billionaire in in the world, you, you he's still by himself. He mm-hmm. lost Eduardo. Obviously lost Erica, Sean Parker. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. I do. And, I looked it up. And and and, and he's it's by himself weird. in a boardroom, refreshing. Like sh- like he's literally trying to make a connection mm-hmm. at the end. And he just can't. He just he's yeah, and he just can't. He can't. Yeah. Make a, he can't make a human connection after building an entire network filled with human connection like that. I think mm-hmm. it's a really that's yeah. that's David Fincher's visual. I don't have a lot written down because I like halfway through the movie I started like trying to fact check a bunch of stuff which is hard to do <laughs> when all these people are still alive and mm-hmm. aren't old enough these people are probably in their early 40s at most and aren't yeah. old enough to have like serious biographies written about them with time and perspective you can't write a biography about someone this young it just like i get that they did an amazing thing but you need time and perspective to really get the full scope of what's going on it's like mark zuckerberg was saying we don't know what this thing is yet um we still don't know what facebook is yet all of the court hearings that happened last year and all the stuff going mm-hmm. on like we we truly don't understand the impact that social media has on our lives and the impact that facebook has we have a bit of a better idea but we don't we won't know i think we almost have too much of an idea (laughs) yeah i was gonna say we know enough about facebook to know that it's a data security nightmare and and uh yeah election influencer a number of things (laughs) oh my god yeah i mean facebook's been through the ringer the past few months with companies pulling their ads from the site Mm -hmm. misinformation on covid and oh but that that's a argument for a right <laughs> but i think i think that's why it works so well for the social network that's why i still cannot believe that this movie was released in 2010 because like i mm-hmm. said earlier it literally seems like somebody could have watched this entire decade 
of lawsuit after lawsuit. God, they literally mm-hmm. started Facebook with fucking lawsuits, and they're still yeah. <laughs> going with them. Yeah. But, you know, like, I yeah. think, you know, yeah. it, it just, it, it, it seems like one of those movies that's going to be timeless for a while, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm kind of on a, like, I, I enjoyed the film. I wish it had been not about Facebook and just completely made up a different story. Yeah, that was, that's just my biggest thing. And I also hate that, like, David Fincher told his actors you can't meet your counterparts, which Justin Timberlake actually <laughs> didn't do. Yeah. He straight yeah. up talked to, what's the guy's name? Sean Parker. Sean Parker. Sean Parker. And then Sean, to, like, get like get a feel for who this person was. And then Sean Parker said, I mean, it's not going to help you because the person mm-hmm. in the book isn't the real person. And, I mean, that's his mm-hmm. saying. It, it I mean, it's probably somewhere in the middle, people. It's probably not either. Let's be Mm -hmm. honest. That's where most of history lies. It's probably not exactly how we think. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be real, though, I think if any movie is going to be true to its story, this is not that one because we're dealing with a bunch of businessmen. Like, you know, it's it's in their nature to to lie and, and... Get mm-hmm. get their way and get what they want, and and I think that's that's very prominent in this movie for sure. Like I think you can kind of tell, like just given the subject matter, like you aren't going to get a straight story out of any of these guys. Like the mm-hmm. courts barely did, you know. No, like yeah. I I completely yeah. agree with you there, Emma. Like mm-hmm. I don't like I said I don't think that's why I just say why not just completely change the names and pretend it's a work of fiction. Right, right. Because it wouldn't make us much money. I disagree with that <laughs> statement. It was David Fitcher and Aaron Sorkin, which you already claim to be it's a also magical pairing Facebook. that draws a lot of attention. Yeah, but it's also Facebook. Mm, I disagree. I don't think it was. I think Facebook. That, Andrew, I think Facebook is <laughs> what deterred people from the movie. Like when I heard it's a movie no. about Facebook, I was like, I don't need to see that. I'm on Facebook. I don't need to see a movie Girl, about it. I think that's what's so interesting about it. Was that, sells. Yeah, I think I think time. and I think they made like a super boring movie awesome. Like they made it super fascinating. Like a subject matter, like creating a website, mm-hmm. like that should be boring. Like and it's not. It's super fascinating and extremely compelling, I think. But Don't get me wrong. I totally see where you're coming from. But I also know that there was some executive in some boardroom that was like, we have to make this about Facebook. No, it was Aaron Sorkin's choice. It's a marketing choice. play. It was Aaron Sorkin's choice. A company didn't have to buy the script. A company didn't have to option to produce it. A That's company true. didn't have but to Aaron offer Sorkin, to give him a budget. Dude, Aaron Sorkin <laughs> was pitched this script by, like, you know when um when the book uh, Accidental Mil- Millionaire was being written, they send out, like, those sample pages. They do this with a ton of books, which I... Mm-hmm. found out like a couple of years ago and i think it's incredibly fascinating where before the books are mm-hmm. even finished they send out like the first chapter to a bunch of movie yep. studios so that movie studios can reserve the rights mm-hmm. to that movie and aaron sorkin was one of the people who was sent the chapters and he was the one who decided yeah i'm gonna do this so mm-hmm. you can't say that a movie studio like a movie studio bought it for sure but it was aaron yeah. sorkin who decided to do it yeah, but movie studios enable writers in their sure, vision. I'm not saying they're not. Like, Aaron Sorkin doesn't have $100 million in his back pocket to produce a film. Without all, every other step of the process, a script is just a script. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing you know? with you there. But I'm also yeah. saying, you're saying, like, movie studios decided it would be Facebook, when that's not true. It was Aaron Sorkin who pitched it as Facebook because he decided it would be based on this book, which was about Facebook. 
Yeah, but a movie studio could have just as easily decided, hey, we can't make it about this. Can you change the topic? Change they the topic have, and we'll produce it. But they it. didn't. So you your know? statement, which was a movie studio made it about Facebook, is incorrect. But you have to understand. I understand that, like, where you're coming studios, from. I do. Movie studios but can you're make wrong s- in that statement. You're no, wrong in the statement again, that the movie like, studio made it about Facebook. It wasn't the movie studio. It was Aaron Sorkin who decided it would be about Facebook okay, and then pitched right. it to the movie How's studios this? as Facebook. How's this? A movie studio enabled it to stay, the, enabled the focus to stay on Facebook. I will agree mm-hmm. with you. Can, can we agree on that? There we go. Oh. agree on that. That's some a, common see, ground. It's a, right. it's a middle ground gray area. That's where all truth lies, people. This is like one of the few times that we compromise on something. Really so I'm going to celebrate happen. this moment. It's it doesn't so happen nice. that often. It's like our it friendship is. has like hit a new moment. I don't. Know I'm so happy to be here to witness this. Thank you. For <laughs> we have Emma. Along. We have Emma here to be here for it's this special moment special in our moment. friendship. I feel so honored. <laughs> By the way, you guys want to know what happened to Justin Timber? I don't remember that guy's name. Sean Parker. Sure. You guys want to know what happened to him? Sure. Yes, please. So okay. So like the whole scene with the interns. Yes, uh, the guy was uh, arrested for suspicion of carrying drugs, but he was never charged. Um, Whether or not that had something to do with Mark Zuckerberg, like, there's no proof to suggest one way or the other. And, uh, but then after that incident happened, there was some bad publicity going on, so the board of directors for Facebook basically, like, forced him to step down as president. But then he went on to, like, go and invest, invest and work in a ton of different companies spotify being one of them yeah isn't he on the board for spotify now yeah the guy's got like a ton of money and if you ever have a free moment and want to hear about some weird douchebag playboy who has way too (laughs) much money for his own good shit read about his 10 million dollar wedding it is yeah bonkers it was done yeah. in a section of Redwood Tree's camping area in Big Sur that he did not have the permits to be on, yet he made oh developmental God. changes to turn it into, like, a ruined Lord of the Rings castle. And then when his guests arrived, he gave them Lord of the Rings-like clothes to change into the whole time having no permits to be on this land or cause any changes to it. He got sued for $2.5 million, which he had to pay off, and he had to develop an app for beach cleaning as well. I mean, given that this is the guy who founded Napster, I'm not not that surprised. Like, he... Bonkers. He's a born rule breaker. Yeah. He also, but you know, like, it's so confusing because if you go on his Wikipedia page, there's also, like, a ton of stuff about his philanthropy and all the money he's given for charity. He's given so much money for charities. It's huh. real. It's a really confusing picture. I do. Yeah, this dude's all over the board. <laughs> he's all over the freaking wow. board. Yeah. Like, he is eccentric in every, every form of the word. He's still, yeah. like, in his 40s. This dude is not done. Oh, God. Which is, oh, again, why did they make this movie? What a No life. one was dead. No one was old. They were, like, in their 30s when this released. What are you yeah. doing? 
But you got to admit, like, regardless of facts and everything, like, it's it's a pretty, like, well-acted well, well acted and like well-written said, film. Like I said, if this movie had been marketed as a work of fiction, I'd be on board with it. I mean, I'd still find things to poke holes in it, because that's my job on this podcast. And, like, mm. you know, I'd still do it. Um, like, for one, at one point, an extra that is hanging out with Justin Timberlake goes to him, we're going to the bathroom. Says, we're going to the bathroom. And then the girl next to her goes, oh, I'll go with you. (laughs) What? What? Mm -hmm. You were both going to begin with. Were you just, did you choke? Or did, was that (laughs) added in ADR and no one picked it up? Mm Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. What? (laughs) So dumb. Ruined the entire movie for me. (laughs) (laughs) She was done after that. That that is the thing that ruined this movie. That yep. one moment. It wasn't like, Justin nope. Timberlake, yeah. Sean Parker. No, nope. it was one it line. Was, it was. Yeah. It was they an were extra. All, let's be honest. Like they were all kind of old to be playing college kids. I mean, they yeah. they all are. Yeah. Like Andrew Garfield played Peter Parker, and he was basically thirty. Yep, yeah. he literally played a high schooler a few I years liked later. Him. I honestly yeah. liked him better yeah. in this role than I liked him as Peter Parker. I wouldn't have agreed yeah. with you eight years ago, but I do now. We because have Tom Holland is my Peter, Peter Parker, but... Yeah, he's but, perfect. Yeah, but Andrew as Eduardo Saverin, like... I liked him. I think he did an excellent I, job. I think he did an excellent yeah. job in this part. I mean, like, the, the weird thing for me is how they shaped, like, the heroes and villains. Like... The character, I think Andrew Garfield plays him, like, really charming and really sympathetic, and he does a really good job of getting you on this character's side and kind of making this character seem like the victim of a hostile Mm -hmm. takeover in business. However, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, wait, this guy signed away his rights? He was the CFO of the company. Did he not read the contract? I'm kind of thinking that this guy, this guy might have gotten pushed out because he wasn't very good at his job. Who doesn't Mm. read a contract when you're the CFO of a company? You're signing into really important investors here. I am a freaking broke actress, and even I thoroughly read my contracts to learn what I'm getting myself into. Mm -hmm. Come on, dude. That was so dumb. Well, he ended up doing pretty fine for himself in the end. Yeah, and, and they were young, too, you know? Well, I'm, I'm young. They were older than I contracts. was. And I know to read your contracts. <laughs> they got overly self-confident. Yeah. As they well, all that's do. that's another thing mm-hmm. that made no sense. Why was he overly self-confident? He knew Justin Timberlake's character was swimming around the waters, trying to, like, swipe... I don't know what metaphor I'm trying to make here. Was trying to, like, swoop in and take part of the company. Like, that would make you on high alert. Yeah, but Sean Parker, like, again, and at least by the film standards, Sean Parker knew when to catch him in, in a moment. I mean, he, that, that's even the line in the scene. You set me up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he knew exactly when to catch him at a weak moment. And, and it was like, it was just a moment that was well played on Sean Parker's part to oust Eduardo Saverin fictional from, from the company. Parker. I think we have to refer to yeah. all these characters as fictional because none of us <laughs> know what happened. This was one side of the story. The, mo- the movie version of the events, which, by the way, that was my hands on my favorite scene with Eduardo Saverin when he confronts Mark and breaks his, his computer. And says, how about now? Are you still wired in like that? With I the fuck so... you flip flops? Oh, yeah. yeah. My jaw yeah. dropped. 
Oh my god, that was just so heartbreakingly just well done yeah. on, on Andrew Garfield's part. Like so I iconic. Just, oh. Like that anger, like you could literally feel like jumping through the camera. Oh, yeah. Like it was it was awesome. Yeah. You know, that oh. that makes me wonder like why I I preferred his performance over Jesse Eisenberg's performance. But Jesse Eisenberg oh, got same. nominated and I'm like and Andrew Garfield didn't and I'm like that that was a mistake. Cuz I I will I will say this. I think Jesse Eisenberg made Mark Zuckerberg much much more charismatic than that man actually is. <laughs> like oh, I think oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like I I know he said he was trying to be boring but like he was still way way too talkative <laughs> or not talkative but way too like good at talking to people for you know like yeah. I'm like I'm enjoying watching this performance but I don't enjoy watching Mark Zuckerberg speak. <laughs> when you think <laughs> like, about there's it, a very strong difference. It's weird that Aaron Sorkin <laughs> wrote for Mark Zuckerberg because Aaron Sorkin is specifically known for his like electric dialogue and Mark Zuckerberg is kind of known for being like rather boring like all the stuff about like partying and stuff like Mark Zuckerberg was like no we weren't doing that we were working yeah Mm -hmm. like we Mm -hmm. were developing a billion dollar web page you think we were out partying we were sleeping when we weren't working he also said that the clothes were accurate which he would yeah. have no reason to lie about that, so I believe that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, I think watching that movie, it's a, uh, it's pretty telling of its era. <laughs> Early two thousand. Definitely tell. Yep. Yep. Oh God. What a time, man. We don't have to talk about the early two thousands. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the one decade of fashion that I just can't get behind. Like every other decade has its like super awesome, like super cool and fashionable trendy pieces, but the 2000s I just want to like We made choices. Turn my head. <laughs> yeah. We made oh, we made a lot of choices. So, um you guys you oh, guys yes. want to hear some fun facts? Please. Okay. Sure. So this one is fun. So David Fincher for accuracy's sake wanted to film on Harvard. Harvard straight up said no. And the reason they said no is because the last time they allowed filming there for a movie was in 1970 for the movie Love Story. And apparently significant damage was done to their campus during the filming of that movie. So they straight up banned movies from getting filmed, which, you know, fair, fair, fair point. I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's more to that story, but I didn't go super into it. I just think that's funny. So instead, they filmed on Boston University, actually, which they panned quite a lot in this movie. (laughs) I'm like, that fucking sucks. You let this movie come and film on your campus, and they're all like, ugh, Boston. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. I just think that's funny. Okay, what else do I got? Uh, I have, like, really weird stuff, like... Oh, Bill Gates? This is so weird. Again, I'm getting these from IMDb people, so take them all with a grain of salt. <clears throat> Apparently, Bill Gates is portrayed by this guy guy who is a professional Gates impersonator, but his voice was later dubbed over by a 24-year-old African-American kid who just happened to sound a lot like Bill Gates. What? Oh my gosh. That's funny. Okay. Yeah, I thought, because I'd read the impersonator part and thought that was, you know, funny on its own. But, huh, having somebody else completely redo the voice. That's interesting. Yeah. The more you you know, I suppose. Yeah, that poor uh, Bill Gates impersonator is probably like, am I not actually that good at my job? Yeah, like, he's a Bill Gates impersonator. 
<laughs> That's his joke. It's like, yeah, sorry, dude. Nah, it wasn't good enough. <laughs> you fired. Oh, I, I got one more. So apparently okay. on the first day, Andrew Garfield came to rehearsal with a copy of Economics for Dummies. So Jesse Eisenberg bought C++ for dummies, and according to Jesse Eisenberg, both he and Garfield read the introductions for their books and then put them down. Nice. <laughs> Which, fair. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And kind of a bonus fun fact with that, Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield actually became yeah. very good friends during the filming of The Social Network. Mm-hmm. So they said it, like, it was really hard for them to try to basically be enemies by the end. You know, so. I... I, I that wonder was, that about nice. that. Yeah. Because, Andrew, you and I are good friends. And we have a very easy time being enemies. I mean, I, I don't take your laptop and break it. <laughs> I just, I think being friends actually fuels the chemistry. This is a genuine belief I have as an actor. I think that when you have mm-hmm. good chemistry with someone and you have a good rapport with someone, the scenes where you have to really be up in each other's face and super angry at each other are actually fueled like a lot more and actually make for a better scene because the chemistry is just Mm -hmm. bouncing off the walls. And let's be honest, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of similarities between like chemistry, like you're going to make out and chemistry, like you're going to have a huge argument. Like, yeah, there just is. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like, you know, I've seen even just like, you know, what if this movie had ended with them making out? Wait, wait, who who's making out? Uh Jesse If we're a Severin yeah. What if this movie <laughs> Yo, okay, because this is a work of fiction anyway, so we can make it however we want. What if this movie yeah. had ended with instead of them screwing him No, they screw him out of the business and then uh Justin Timberlake's character, I will never remember that name. I know you've said it like three times. Sean Parker. Right. Um It's literally so basic. It's so basic. <laughs> He gets thrown out of the company for his drug scandal, and then they meet each other in the litigation room again, and they're arguing, and then there's a moment where they're back, and it turns out that they've always loved each other, and that's why they were so angry at each other, and it ends with them full-on making out. What a twist that would have been. Again, this is a work of fiction. They could have done, they did whatever they wanted with this plot, so they could do whatever they want with the ending. And then Eduardo Saverin becomes Eduardo Saverin Zuckerberg, and then Mark Zuckerberg becomes Mark Zuckerberg Saverin. Exactly Mm -hmm. like that. And happy endings, and Facebook doesn't turn out to be evil. (laughs) Oh, God. What a nice world. That would have (laughs) been. If only. If only. If only that was. In some other universe, that movie did come out, and everything is okay right now in this moment. In yep. some other universe. In some other universe. In some other In one of the other timelines that, yep. that one of the Infinity Stones caused to break out. Yep. But this is the darkest timeline, for sure. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we go we can go into to final thoughts and final on, thoughts. On, on the social network. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, Emma. Would you like to go first? Your final thoughts, just a quick wrap up of what you thought of this movie, and uh, would you recommend watching it? Yes. I will start out by saying that, yes, I do recommend watching it. Um, My final thoughts, especially now reflecting a decade after the release, um, I think it's more relevant than ever, and I think that, like, is very much attributed to Fincher and how he tells the stories and 
you know, it was just interesting the way he told it to, you know, thinking like back like a decade ago, him writing it and, and figuring out the parts of the story that he did for sure want to include and just getting like, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things that like after reading everything, I know I've mentioned it a ton, but like it is. And I think it is one of those things that not even just Facebook and in general, but like the technology and the social media boom that, you know, kind of started at the beginning of the, the decade and it's just really snowballed. Like, it's just one of those movies that I think will kind of always be true. Like, it's always, it's very much a, a social stamp, I think. Like, people will go back and, like, this will be very reminiscent, like, of the 2010s, I think, for sure. And I think overall, like, I hate the movie because I love it. And I should not love a movie <laughs> about you know, a social media website being created. Like, it just, it sounds so boring. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. But, like, it sounds, it's such, it's such a boring, it's such a boring subject matter, right? Like, it shouldn't be interesting. Yeah. But, like, I was engrossed through, like, the entire movie, and, and that is very much Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, and David Fincher. Mm -hmm. So, overall, I loved it. I, you know, I will rave about it, even if it's not true. <laughs> I think everything, whether it's the writing, the direction, the cinematography, especially, um, I don't know. I think David Fincher also too does a really good job of like his cinematography. He's very intentional, um, with what he's putting in the frame. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of it, like, you know, going back, like his movies are very rewatchable, you know, cause you go back and pick things up. So yeah, bottom line, huge fan i will always recommend it it is one of my favorite films of all time so cool i will go to the grave defending it <laughs> i think it's a very good work of fiction i think where it goes wrong is when it claims to be a biography and that's where every single problem i have comes in with it and because of that, I'm kind of struggling on whether or not I should recommend it. Because, like, if you're listening to this, I say watch it, but don't believe that it's real. But even I know that that's not going to happen. Because even while I was watching it, knowing all this stuff, I was still like, oh, wow, that happened? And I was like, no, no, of course it, it didn't. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. We don't know. That's the whole point of this. This whole thing, a lot of stuff was made up for this. But... I don't know, when you have real names and real people in there, you just take it as fact. It's just something you do unconsciously. So I'm struggling on whether or not I should recommend watching it because of this. I, I just don't know. I just don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that. Because, like, again, mm -hmm. I think as a story, it's, it's, it's a good story. But mm -hmm. when it claims to be a biography, you're claiming it's fact. And that's just, that's just not good. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'd be promoting fake news in that almost a sense. And I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. My mom's a journalist, journalist and she's gotten in my head a lot about this stuff. So it's mm -hmm. really affecting the way I think now. So I don't know. I just don't know, guys. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that, that's fine. Um, you know, for, for me, I like, I just love how just all the ingredients came together, you know, for, for me, like, you know, even though like, I, I know that there are some aspects that, that are not accurate. I, I believe that it's, it's the duty of every person who sees this or any biographical film. It's their duty to do, to do the research and, and, and to understand, you know, some parts may be factual, other parts may not. Um, 
And I guess to that extent, it could even be like a bigger commentary on how not enough people are responsible consumers of media. Because like mm-hmm. well, I've yeah, seen it's so many times, it's a debate on where the responsibility airs, like lays. Is it responsible for the people producing it, or is it the responsibility for the consumers? I mean, that's a I, debate that we're not going to settle tonight. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but is but, it ever you know, going to be settled? If it ever yeah, settled, yeah, I'm that's true. But as a, as a film, as a film, I I love this movie so freaking much. Like it 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 is yeah. it just. And to your point, Emma, like I, I, you're so right that it takes something that really should not be that interesting, and it makes it fascinating. Like especially during like those court procedural scenes, I was like, "Yeah, how how is this deposition fun?" Like, right? right. I could have, I could have. Or watched- when he's like coding and he's just mm-hmm. like narrating like what he's doing, going mm-hmm. through everything. It's like, how am I following along right now? Why am I curious you were as to what following happens next? along? Like, with that? <laughs> I, he was yeah. saying a lot of stuff where I'm like, don't know what that means. What are you talking about? Do you understand code? Yeah. No, I'm not. But I see, that's what I mean. I think they do a very good job of like dumbing it down, but keeping it like you can still yeah. keep up. You and, know what I mean? And this movie, that's what I liked about it is it didn't make me feel stupid. Like I didn't know what I was talking about. You know, there were a couple things that I had to research, but overall yeah. I was like, I'm on board. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and like another thing that I love about this this film is, and I was talking about this with my, my twin brother Adrian, is like this film does a really good job of capturing like the aura of like of cool. Like I remember that first yeah. scene when Sean Parker gets introduced. Like mm-hmm. the the film just does such a great job of capturing him as like this like just interesting like you know silicon valley founder who may be a dick but like Definitely. he's they able to just walk in there dicks, get like honest. oh they're all dicks yeah. um you know even eduardo saverin who we're supposed to feel some sort of sympathy for i mean he froze an account in the middle he of also like, doesn't like, that was seem like... to be good at his job <laughs> true. he's a but, freaking cfo true. you need to be good at your job I mean, they were also only what, like twenty one, twenty two at the time. I don't care how mm-hmm. sharp you are, you're, you're young, and you're running a company. Yeah. You're gonna make mistakes. Yeah, like you're, you're yeah. just and, and, and Sean Parker too. Like he's supposed to make that good first impression, you know. Like mm-hmm. that's just how skeevy that dude is, you know. Or at least in the movie, yeah. He, you know, he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be just really slimy and exactly. But not to the people he's, you know, introducing himself. Exactly. To. He's, he's supposed to be winning them over. Exactly. So so overall, I I do recommend it. I do think it's it's worth a watch, and and yeah, I just think it's it's a very well done film, and it, and it shows what happens when you have a great director or a great writer uh, and a stellar cast that that can bring that story to life for sure all right emma thank you for being on our podcast i hope my ranting and mine and andrew's arguing doesn't deter you from being a fan because i know you mentioned that and now i'm worried that we've had you on we're gonna scare you away (laughs) (laughs) no i'm never gonna listen again oh you guys were excellent hosts (laughs) i i had a wonderful time it was very entertaining Thank you. We were really guess it's nice getting to like we're on a chat we're on a video chat right now. It's nice getting to see your guys' faces when you're arguing. It's funny. You <laughs> <laughs> see your smiles, we're, we're but very, then very you see passionate. the anger. We're very passionate. We are folks. very passionate. That is something we oh my god, Andrew, we're agreeing on two things. I know. What this is, is happening? There. This is Emma, you're a good influence. This. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I'm the angel. <laughs> 
the uniter no, between I, two worlds. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, no, I had an excellent time, and uh, I hope you guys uh, will want to have me on for another one, because I think that would be fun. Absolutely. I would love to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, um, thank that you so much fun. for having me, though. Okay. For sure. Andrew, would you like to take us out how you always take us out? Yes. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of the Academy Arguments. If you're looking for another film that we discuss and break down and argue about, you have a whole slew of options at your hand, at your hand, at your disposal, at your disposal. If you listen to them on your phone, not your hand. True. At your fingertips, I suppose, is, is a more accurate thing to say. You have all those episodes at your disposal, so please check them out if you can. Um, until next time, guys, thanks again. And until the next episode, if you're looking for a film that's worth a look, tune into this film about the beginnings of Facebook. Take care, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Adios. <laughs> The Academy Arguments was created and produced by Brittany McHugh and Andrew Nuno. It is edited by Brittany McHugh, and the artwork is by Olivia Jensen. If you like what you heard here today, then tell a friend, tell a couple of friends, tell your grandmother if you think that's something she'd be into. Or you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps the show get noticed when you do. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or suggestions for a movie we should do for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Academy Arguments on Twitter at ACAD Arguments or at our email academyarguments at gmail.com at all oh um Army Hammer was forced to eat a lot of junk food because he like worked out for all the rowing stuff and he lost so much weight while doing it he had Mm -hmm. to eat junk food to keep up his weight so that for the movie (laughs) damn oh my gosh like you have all these Cheetos you don't have to ask me twice He's like, I have to eat junk food for a movie? I I have to eat it for a movie? Fuck yes, hand me a Snickers. (laughs) You're right. Cheetos, Lay's, you know, fucking Doritos. Let's go. Ice cream. The whole nine yards. Haagen-Dazs. Let's go. Yeah, Ben and Jerry's.